This is the APS China Quarterly, July 2021. China's net zero promise, secure, clean, and profitable. By Wang Kangning. China's 2060 net zero carbon target. President Xi Jinping surprised the world by committing China to achieving carbon neutrality by 2060, with carbon emissions from the nation of 1.4 billion citizens peaking by 2030. This target date, announced during his September 2020 address to the 75th UN General Assembly, is significantly ahead of the 2065 to 2070 global carbon neutrality schedule under the Paris Agreement 2C scenario and may move global carbon neutrality ahead by 5 to 10 years. If China's carbon emission reductions leads the world to achieve this acceleration, it would lower global warming projections by around 0.2 to 0.3 degrees Celsius, according to analysis by the Climate Action Tracker. While such a commitment appears daunting, China's track record of meeting or exceeding almost all its previous climate and energy targets indicate a sustained transition away from coal-reliant industrial development. This requires China to practically rebuild the way its economy has been structured and would be disruptive to the current energy system. At the same time, it would also create many economic, social, and environmental opportunities for China. China's endeavors in this area would likely give rise to varied sources of structural alpha for the portfolios of global investors. China's confidence to set the first explicit carbon emissions reduction target among emerging countries is, of course, not attained overnight. It is very much underpinned by the extensive supply chain for wind turbines and solar panels that China has gradually built up over the last two decades. The scale economies have resulted in consistent decreases in production costs for wind and solar power. For the first time, wind-generated power would become more cost-competitive than fossil fuels in most of China's provinces in 2021. After years of incremental improvements in wind turbine technology, the cost of wind power is reaching tariff parity with conventional thermal power. The International Renewable Energy Agency expects the cost of electricity from solar and wind power to continue declining over the next 10 years, falling by 75% and 50% respectively compared with the current costs. This means China's cost of electricity from solar and wind power would be only CNY 0.1 kilowatt per hour and CNY 0.2 kilowatt per hour by 2030. China's soaring wind and solar power production. In our view, to meet the net zero carbon target by 2060, Increasing the capacity of renewables is China's most viable solution. Over the past decade, the growth of renewables in China has been extraordinary. 
the installed capacity of wind and solar farms increased from 30 gigawatts in 2010 to around 500 gigawatts in 2020, according to China's National Energy Administration. Wind and solar power projects accounted for a combined 23% of China's total power generation capacity and 10% of total electricity output in 2020, according to China's National Energy Administration. On this trajectory, the share of electricity output by renewables would reach 50% by 2030, and by 2060, it would be 80%. For the next 40 years, till 2060, China needs to at least maintain its already massive annual new installations of 75 gigawatts per annum. Wind power capacity would grow 6.7 times to 1,400 gigawatts, and solar power 9.8 times to 2,000 gigawatts in the 2020 to 2060 period translating into CAGRs of 6.1% and 7.3%, respectively. Along the renewable energy supply chain, we see wind and solar power producers as the underappreciated beneficiaries of this very long-term structural trend. Solar energy would become the largest energy source with a 22% share of the energy mix, followed by wind power with a 17% share. Despite a clear roadmap for the expansion of renewable energy, many investors have largely shied away from investing in renewable energy producers. Most of the listed wind power producers in China are traded below their book values. And this is even after Huaneng Renewables, one of China's leading wind power operators, was privatized at 1x price to book. The deeply entrenched reticence is over the continued delay of renewable energy subsidies from the government. Indeed, the delay in subsidy payouts has led to stagnant operating cash flow growth over the last five years for most wind and solar power producers. Forward-looking investors, however, should focus more on the substantial improvement in operating cash flow after 2021 when newly approved wind and solar power projects will no longer rely on government subsidies. In 2021, wind and solar power will likely reach grid parity, where renewable power tariffs will be the same as conventional thermal power tariffs, meaning no subsidies will be required for the newly installed generation units. Reaching grid parity is a positive event for renewable energy producers as subsidy payment delays will shrink to an insignificant factor if one considers that the installed capacity would increase by at least a factor of 5 over the next 20 years. This sharply decreased dependence on subsidies will likely drive an upswing in valuations. Our positive view towards many wind and solar power producers is in sync with both our approach towards ESG investing, as well as our belief that a global, collective commitment from both developed and developing economies to contain climate change is crucial for our future generations. Hydrogen Heavy While the main highway, 
to a zero carbon future is in the electrification of energy consumption via renewable energy sources like wind or solar, there are a number of use cases that would be difficult to electrify and would continue to rely on liquid fuels. Hydrogen would play a key role in displacing fossil fuels for commercial vehicles, chemical feedstocks, heating, and some other stationary power needs. These application areas would increase the consumption of hydrogen to more than 10% of China's energy mix by 2050. There would be two roles for hydrogen to play, as a form of energy storage and as a fuel source. Hydrogen would be a good medium for energy storage given its high energy density and it can be produced using excess electricity generated by wind and solar power units during trough times. Hydrogen can also be used as fuel sources for heavy industries like iron and steel, heating, shipping, and trucking, where it is very difficult or expensive to capture carbon dioxide emissions. Estimates from those industries and China's National Energy Administration indicate demand for hydrogen would increase eightfold to around 580 million tons per annum between 2020 and 2050. China is already the world's largest hydrogen producer. Total hydrogen production in China exceeded 20 million tons in 2019, according to China's National Energy Administration, accounting for about a third of the world's hydrogen production. However, most of the hydrogen produced in China was gray hydrogen from fossil fuels. Mirroring the global demand profile, most of the hydrogen produced in China is used by heavy industries and as feedstock for chemicals production. Electrolysis-based hydrogen, or green hydrogen, is less than 3% of China's overall hydrogen production, figures from China's National Energy Administration show. This is mainly due to the significant capital expenditure and a much higher unit production cost compared to fossil fuel-based hydrogen. Meeting China's hydrogen needs while staying on the path to a net zero carbon future means there is a huge growth potential for green hydrogen in China. Water electrolysis powered by electricity sourced from increasingly cost-competitive renewables, especially offshore wind turbines, is likely to become the major source of China's hydrogen supply. The China Hydrogen Alliance expects that green hydrogen would rise to 15% of total hydrogen demand by 2030, 40% by 2040, and 75% by 2050. It is estimated that electrolyzer capacity would need to reach 75 gigawatts by 2030 and around 530 gigawatts by 2050 to fulfill the demand for green hydrogen in China. It is not surprising, then, that China is aggressively driving hydrogen energy adoption. Six policy documents have been released in 2020 alone from the Ministry of Industry and Information Technology, Ministry of Finance, the National Energy Administration, and the Ministry of Science and Technology to support the adoption of hydrogen energy in automobiles, ships, and other transportation sectors. 
There are many ways to invest in hydrogen across the value chain. In China, from both the supply and demand side of hydrogen, the supply side would involve manufacturers of electrolyzers, hydrogen turbine compressors, and storage containers. The demand side of the value chain mainly revolves around the fuel cell technology, which is experiencing great breakthroughs in reliability and cost reductions. Currently, vehicles powered by fuel cells are uncompetitive and rely on heavy government subsidies, except for hydrogen-powered forklifts that are already commercially viable without government subsidies, mainly due to their high workload, high mobility usage patterns. We expect the key drivers of growth in fuel cell power to be led by heavy-duty trucks, followed by shipping and then aviation. The penetration of fuel cell vehicles in China's commercial vehicle population will likely echo the growth trajectory of electric passenger vehicles in China over the last 10 years. Clean energy for passenger vehicles will, however, continue to be dominated by batteries for the foreseeable future, with hydrogen playing a small supporting role at best. The global player's technology still leads that of China's domestic hydrogen fuel cell players, though several local champions have been able to catch up quickly and are on the cusp of mass production of fuel cell stacks. Breakthroughs in localizing the production of key materials and components used in fuel cell stacks, such as membrane electrode assemblies, platinum-based catalysts, and bipolar plates, are also expected in the next two years. We believe leaders in these key materials and components would be the long-term winners. Given the requirements for high reliability and long certification processes that is typical within the auto industry. Clean is secure. Besides the obvious benefits of clean energy systems like wind, solar, and hydrogen that are less pollutive end-to-end, -end, they also present China with an avenue to reduce reliance on seaborne fossil fuel imports. China is putting more focus on energy security with its latest five-year plan, highlighting the need for higher oil and gas output as security risks rise along essential maritime trade routes. But we all know China plans much, much further than five years ahead for matters that matter. And what she sets her mind to achieve invariably gets done. Wang Gangning, CFA, is the Senior Investment Director of APS Asset Management. He has been with APS since April 2004 and has 18 years of experience in the fund management industry. He was previously with Philip Securities as an analyst from January 2003 to April 2004. Mr. Wong has a master's in engineering from the National University of Singapore and a bachelor's degree from Shanghai Jiatong University.